That's our prayer this morning, Lord, that our faith, our trust in you, God, will arise, God, that it'll, that it'll rise up, God, that it would encourage us. Just as David was encouraged, he encouraged himself in you. God, we encourage ourselves in you, God, that you would stir us up. God, we cast every care upon you because we know that you care for us. God, there's there's things we we just can't handle at times. There's things we have limitations, but God, you are unlimited. And God, we look to you. Um, God, we know that uh, you have our best interest in mind. So God, we trust you. We put our lives in your hands. And God, uh, just as your word also says, not to be anxious. In other words, don't worry about anything, but everything by prayer, supplication to make our requests known to you with thanksgiving. And God, we give you thanksgiving. We give you praise, God, for everything that you've done in our lives, God, what you're doing, what you're going to do. And God, your word says that the peace of God, your peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And God, we just rest in that confidence in your peace, trust in you. And God, we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's men said, amen. Let's give him praise, guys, this morning. God is so good. You can go ahead and take a seat. And uh, I want to introduce to you uh, Randy Dunn. Randy has shared several times before at Reload. He's part of Reload. Um, When he's in town, uh, this is a place he comes to on Tuesday mornings, speaking or not speaking. But uh, would you please give a warm welcome to Randy Don as he comes to share God's word with us this morning. Randy. I didn't know whether to hug him or high five him or elbow him or what. Push you over. You know, we live in a really crazy time, gentlemen. How many know we're kind of living in a I'm, I'm full-blooded Italian, man. I'm a hugger, and it's like, oh, gosh, Lord. I, you know, you go to, hey, what's up? I, hey, you know, what's up? You, know, you don't know what you're doing. You want to get all the extremity. You want to be, hey, you get the feet bump. You got all kinds of stuff going on, man. How many know what I'm talking about? It's just crazy. Our culture, listen, if you keep listening to everything in our culture, gentlemen, we're going to actually question. I have friends that are questioning their faith. No, I mean, I mean stellar friends. I mean stellar, Bible-thumping, people that know God, people that have served God, pastors that are no longer probably in ministry right now, some of them. But they're losing their minds because of what culture's preaching. And I want to talk today on the title of this message is, Is My Yes on the Table? I stole this Title, I, I got to be frank with you, this is not my title. I heard it the other day and I thought, I like that. And I thought, what, what are our yeses that we're putting on the table? You know, it's amazing. I met Pastor Jesse and I met his son, Joshua. And um, I, I'm pretty good with names. I get to, people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, I have no idea. But I just think of Moses, Joshua, I got it. Okay, so, and I met him and I thought to myself, you know, how do you raise a son to know the truth. Man, it's pretty quiet. It's okay to say, I know you don't want to spit stuff because you might be hurting somebody to say yes. I don't know. Um, I remember in the churches not too long ago, they were telling churches don't sing because you could project. How many people have heard that? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, whatever. 
And I'm here in New York right now wanting to shut down all the churches. I don't know about Cuomo, but in the name of Jesus, my Italian friend, you're going to get hurt, okay? Now listen, when God gets done, I'm telling you, people that thought they know, they're being led by fear and they're being led by some of them spirit of dum-dum. I'm just telling you because they want to be indifferent, okay? But as I was uh, talking on Wednesday night, the one thing I think we're lacking is, and, and gentlemen, I know this group isn't because you're here in Faithful and you're here on a Tuesday morning Faithful, is we're lacking being led by the Holy Spirit. And in culture, our Holy Spirit, people get like, ooh, what is that? You know, and we keep forgetting that when we get saved, that this person, this person of the Holy Spirit now lives within us. But he's the one that has to come out of us. See, what I love about Christ, the God, about God the creator, God created this vessel, and then he poured into this vessel Jesus upon salvation. Come on now. So we have Christ in us, Right? But what's good is the Holy Spirit comes out of us. Like the Holy Spirit is the, it's not just Jesus. It's God, the creator, Jesus Christ, the savior, Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. This is, and the thing is we're lacking, we lack the spirit. So let me give you an example. When I first came to, so what I was saying about Joshua is I felt in that room Wednesday night, I had the opportunity to preach here for Pastor Jake. I just felt there was a spirit of God that came over. And I think some of these young people got the power of the third person. I like the power of three. You know, when I was an athlete in high school, college, and semi-pro soccer, I play. I wore the number three. People used to ask me all the time, what is that? Well, I went to a school named Trinity. I'm just saying. Because it was already born in me. I'm just saying, okay. So I had the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And when I would get in fights sometimes, when I would, I'm, I've been this tall since eighth grade. I'm just saying, when I don't, that's not even funny. But you're laughing. You're like, <laughs> it's like, who does that? Like to my face, put a mask on. At least I wouldn't see that. Thanks, Tim. Look at Tim. Tim's like, oh my gosh. So, but I, but I remember being in, in fights in, in junior high school. And I remember one time I had this bully come up. How many people have ever been in a fight like with a bully, like a really trying to intimidate Mike? There's no way. Mike, you're six foot 12. So you had this bully kid, and this bully would come up to me, and, hey, man, this, I heard you're one of those little Christians. And I was like, yeah? And you wearing your little tutu, I see. And I'm like, tutu? Tutu? You want to you, you mess with this? I remember. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, 120. I was like, you want to me mess with this? How many people remember those? And he's like, yeah, I do. He's like, my age. Yes, I do. I'm like, mm. I'm he got beard and everything like in third grade. So, but I remember being against him and I remember looking at him and saying, let me tell you something. When we get done with you, see, my, in my home, come on, in my home, my father was not teaching on the Holy Spirit. But in my home, my mother was living the Holy Spirit. And my mother touched my life every day. My mother anointed me every day and prayed over me. So I just looked at this bully and said, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, we're going to mess you up. And he's like, what? I said, when the four of us get done with you. And he's like, mm, and he ran. And I'm just saying, like, it's, okay, so when I came to Grand Rapids, I was in a place of decision. How many people have ever been in a place of decision, whether it's work, whether it's marriage, whether it's you want to have children, whether you want to adopt, whether you want to, you know, buy a car, that kind of crazy with all the other ones, you're going to, um, uh, car. And so, 
But it is. It's decisions, job, everything's happening. Decision to come here, to what church to go, boom. And we were trying to decide, coming out of Detroit, uh, we come out of Detroit. I love the city. I love fast. Being from Pittsburgh, my wife's from New York. Some of you know that. But I'm just telling you, being around that, all that stuff is like, and it's happening, and you're fast, and you're going at it, right? And you're coming to Grand Rapids. Like one of the Bible belts of the nation. Come on now. I came in 2001. It was, it was reputation. Furniture world. Come on, somebody. Just, can somebody just give me a, okay. I know it's early, but that's what Grand Rapids was known for. And it's all Dutch. And if you're not Dutch, you're not much. It was told to me. A little Italian guy coming all the way across. I still on hand, John. I saw that, but I must move on. And so I came from Detroit, and I was determined. I was like, God, where do you want us to go? My wife was like, we want to settle back in a church. We got a call from Grand Rapids first. We got a call from Houston, PA. We got a call from Houston, Texas. We got a call from Illinois. We got a call from Wisconsin. We got a call. We had like 11 calls on the table. It's not because of who we are. It's because of what we did. We go in and just totally change the entire complex of the church of, of, of with young people. That's what God gifted us to do is raise a generation. And we're still doing it 37 years now. At 61 years old, I'm still raising generations of young people. And it's happening. It's happening. I'm telling you. It's telling you. I just got done to Reed City uh, the first of September, and I passed him off to a new youth pastor. We started with one kid during this pandemic, one young person in the entire church. And last Wednesday, they had 67. Now, how does that happen? Right? I'm in Chicago right now, and I'm working with a church that hasn't had a youth pastor in six years. They asked me to come and, and j- try to start something. First night, we had four skeptical, people skeptical. What are we doing? Pandemic. Two nights, two Wednesdays, two Thursdays ago, we had 57. How does that happen? So we got a reputation of growing. So Grand Rapids first, and I was like, Lord, Lord, Lord. My wife was like, I don't know, man. I want to settle down in a good place, and I don't know if I want to go with Wayne Benson. How many people remember Wayne Benson? Because Wayne Benson is like the godfather of the assemblies of God. I was like, mm. Like, I can work for anybody, but the godfather be like, hey, yo, yo. Hey, cut on. I'm like, Ugh. And I remember having to, in my mind, having to wear a suit every day and a tie and be in the office nine to five. And I'm like, that's not me, man. I'm like a jackrabbit. I got to be in the schools, man. That's my mission field. I got to get in the schools. I got to go to games. I got to get to know people. I got to get to know children. And I'm thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm toiling. Man, this is calling me in Houston. Houston, Texas called me. And I'm like, no, the, <laughs> the devil lived there. I'm just telling you, because it's hot. I mean, no. And I'm telling you, come on, John, you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, mm, that's out. Okay. And so I, they were begging me. We have a multicultural church. We just need an Italian. I'm like, who says that? And we were praying, we were praying, we were seeking, we were seeking, we were asking, we were asking. And then you know what I find? He said to my wife, listen, we have to be led by the Spirit of God. Where the Spirit of God tells us to go is where we're going. Come on, somebody. And so we began to believe in this yes at the table. Like, God, I'm putting this on the table that we have to be led by the Spirit. If not, how many know you go somewhere and it's a wrong move? Now, God can move in a wrong move, too. How many know that? Because that was one, I had one year in Pennsylvania, 14 months. I don't know, brain duty. I don't know what happened. And it happened. I came out of Detroit, went over to uh, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. But what God did in that church in 14 months, 
I'm telling you, I have more people following Christ in the ministry for Christ in 14 months than in eight years in Grand Rapids, three and a half in Rockford, 12 in Battle Creek, 10 in Detroit. I'm just telling you, something happened. I was out of the will of God, but he still used us. How? Because of the spirit of God. The Spirit of God. So I want to just give you those little nuggets that we came to Grand Rapids, not because we were anything special. We came to Grand Rapids because we listened to the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. This is our problem today. You're still trying to figure out what's going on. And the problem is, if you would be led by the Spirit of come on, skip. Ricky, I watched you. I, I watched this. I, I saw your Facebook thing as you got on the stage of Pastor Dwayne. I read the, you're up there getting your degree. Come on, man. It's like, oh, my God. You would have never had that degree if you weren't led by the Spirit of God to study. I'm just saying, and you're not going to do anything with that degree if you're not led by the Spirit of God to move. Come on. Gentlemen, I know it's like, what? Listen, that third person, the third person of the Spirit of God, Jesus says, listen, if you think you can do stuff now, you're with me. Come on. He had ten and a half. He said, man, if you could do this with me, you know what's going to happen? I got to go. I have to leave so that the will of God, the will of God would be followed through. And there's one that's coming. Come on, man. There's one that's coming. You think that I was radical. There's one that's coming, man, and you're going to have to walk, and he's going to have to come out of you like fresh garlic. You have to reek the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something, gentlemen. I'm going to say this to you. I'm saying it to you honest. I'm a man. There are decisions that we make that are not Spirit-led. And you know who we blame when it happens? God. Don't sit there like you don't know what I'm talking about. Because I'm telling you, I'm preaching to me. There are times I say things and I'm like, oh, man, that wasn't by the Spirit. How many of you have ever got angry? How many of you have ever said something you shouldn't have said? How many have ever just even cursed? You might have said a little curse. <laughs> like, what the? How many have ever done that? Oh, okay. Okay, now we're Christians. You're led by something. But I think that's where we get in trouble. And I think we get in trouble because we're not always led by the Spirit of God. But Galatians chapter 5, 16, 18 says this. Galatians 5. I say then, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish but if you are led by the Spirit, you are under the law of the Spirit. Not under the law of the Old Testament, under the law of the Spirit. So what I'm saying is this. When we're led by the Spirit, our fleshly lusts will cease. Mm. Bing. If we're led by the Spirit, the things that of dum-dum that come on us and we say, Oh, honey, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I was doing that. I love you. Please stay with me. I love you. And she's like, Wait a minute. You served God. You led our children. You did this. You were at church at Reload. You were doing all kinds of things. How could you have an affair? I don't know. I was praying. Praying? Who were you praying to? What were you praying? 
Gentlemen, we get in arguments and fights in places that we don't have to fight because if we're led by the Spirit, we would change the temperature of the situation. Did you hear me? We would change the temperature of the situation. We would have the Spirit of God. And let me tell you something. I found that coming out of the pandemic, we have to preach more of the Holy Spirit, more of the blood of Jesus, more of Christ resurrected, crucified, and resurrected. Why? Because everybody else is preaching something else. It's stupid. Even our churches. I'm going to churches. I'm watching the churches. They're not preaching the blood of Jesus. And they're not even preaching politics, but they're preaching their own ideology. How many know what I'm talking about? This is what I think I read. This is what I think I'm experiencing. This is what I think God's saying. How can you get away with this scripture? For the flesh lusts against the spirit. Man, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Just going to read a few of these. It says, therefore, if there is any uh, consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy, being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. You know, I read this, I'm convicted. I'm like, oh, Lord. How many times do you know you do stuff sometimes selfish? Okay, I got <laughs> It's okay, you didn't get breakfast. But there's sometimes I say to myself, oh, God, I am, I, am, I am in your court. Like, I'm in court. I'm in court with God. How many have ever been in court with God? And you know you're guilty. I went to court not too long ago for somebody. Had to become a witness for them. It's the first time I've ever had to go on the stand. And I love what our country is doing right now. I just love it. I'm being facetious. But they're leaving God out of everything. So they swear, hold your hand, put your hand in the Bible. So help the truth, uh, all the truth, so help you, so help you. And I looked up and I went, God, like I'm in court. This is the truth. I'm in court. I'm like, so help me, so help me, God, judge. Am I supposed to say God? I'm not supposed to say God. Hey, do I say God? Do I not say God? Listen, do we strike that? I'm looking at the judge. I'm like, when did we take that out? Because the defense looks like they're ready to persecute me because I'm, I'm talking now about God. Maybe I'm talking a little too much. I'm talking about God. But can I put God in there? Is it okay for me to put God in there? Because I'm a Christian. In fact, I'm an evangelist. I'm a pastor. Is it okay for me to put God? I'm actually saying this. The guy's looking at me like, who are you? What's wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with you? Are you high? I'm like... On Jesus. He didn't, he didn't ask me that. He didn't ask me that. But I'm saying is, what has happened? So help me God. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're being dumbed down. We're being taught stupidity. We're be, it's being struck on every corner of religion. In fact, in New York, Cuomo just said it. I'm going to take religious places out. You cannot meet religious places. I'm telling you, watch news. Well, don't watch the news. It'll drive you crazy. But I watched it the other day, and I heard that because somebody told me. Somebody called me and said, did you hear what they said in New York? I'm like, yeah, man. You're going to be accountable for that. But sometimes we're around that. Our friends are around that. Our friends are losing their minds. And what, you know what we do? We talk with them. We talk the same things. Yeah, I cannot believe. I cannot believe what Trump did. I cannot believe what Pelosi did. I can't believe what Schumer I can't believe Mike Pence. He's supposed to stand up more for whatever. I mean, we lose our minds. We get engaged in a conversation. We forget to turn the conversation. We forget to turn the conversation. So is there yes at our table? 
Like, yes, I'm going to do what the blood of the lamb tells me, what God tells me, or are we going to continue to do what culture tells me? Let me tell you something. When they, when they come up with the term cancel culture, I thought, man, that's perfect. They don't know what they're doing. Let me tell you something. People come up with stuff. Canceled culture to me is what Jesus did. No, wait a minute. You, no, he, he was with the derelicts and he was with the drunkards. Right, right, right. Because he did it to the least of these. Because that's why he was here. And he was here to clean house. Hello. But he did not sit in bars with them. And he didn't go into the prostitution house with them. Come on, somebody. But you know what culture's teaching right now? That Jesus did that. He sat in there and he was taking, drinking beer and talking to the, hey, girls, what's up? I know I see all kinds of stuff, but you want to see me? Because he was Jesus. No. It's a lie. He affected culture and he canceled culture. Why? Because he was breathing life through culture. And that's what God's told us to do. You know, I wrote a book not too long ago that our pastor, this is my house. I love this church. My pastor, Dwayne, wrote the foreword to my book called Irrelevant Youth Ministry. You know why churches are struggling right now? Because they think youth ministry is irrelevant. There are churches in America that don't want to have a youth group. You know why? We don't want to babysit that junk. Come on. I'm telling you, Tim, you know what I'm talking about. We've been youth pastors a long time. I'm telling you, it breaks my heart. Irrelevant? It's perfect for today because I think there's an irrelevancy of even we lost our minds. How do people follow Christ all their life and now all of a sudden they're losing their life? Why? Because of one man? Because Donald Trump's character's not perfect? Come on, people. I'm not talking China. You know I'm talking straight up to you. We lost our minds because we're not being led by the Spirit of God. But if we get up every morning, we put our feet on the floor and say, I caused hell to shake today. I caused hell to shake today. I'm up. I'm alive. God, what do you have for me? See, if we get up with an assignment, you won't be distracted. If you get up with a headache because you don't know what to do that day at work, that's on you. Jesus says, cast all your cares. Did he not say that? Cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. So if we cast our cares through the power of the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition and conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each, let each esteem one another better than themselves. Come on, lift somebody else other than you. Let each of you look out not only of the own interest, but also for the interest of other. The, the humbled are exalted Christ, an exalted Christ. So in humility, I exalt Christ. Why? Because innocent, if, if you know that you're in Christ and he's in you and the Holy Spirit comes out of you, then you're pulling you out of the equation. Because three are stronger than yourself. How many know what I'm talking about? That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastic, we marry people all the time. A strand of one is good, two is strong, but a strand of three cannot be broken. Who's that third? The third is Christ. It always happens in the numbers of 3, 7, 12. That, why does God do that? He cares about numbers. Somebody's like, man, you've been, you've been counting a lot of numbers in youth ministry and stuff. I said, yeah, but he put, he put an entire book in the Bible called Numbers. And God says in Numbers, the elite, those that will be in kingdom, there will be few compared. Come on, people. Broad is the road to Narrow is the road. And people are falling off. And we're not rescuing. You know why? We're in our own little world because we're not all being led by the Spirit. And I'm just talking to you from me. There are times I'm in traffic. How many people have ever been in traffic? You're driving. How many do some dumb stuff? Like not you, but the person in front of you. <laughs> but you're going to let them know. 
and they can't even hear you, but you're yelling, losing your mind, and sometimes you're throwing stuff out, and you're blowing this horn. This is amazing. I was in uh, Philadelphia, and um, going through the streets. I'm with a ministry out in, in the inner city. I'm in my um, rental vehicle, and um, you know, I checked everything, make sure everything works. And one day I'm in city, and some crazy clown just in a bike, motorcycle, just pulls in front of me, and I'm like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" I'm like, "No horn." And I'm like, then I thought, no, I, I was going to roll the window down. And I thought, no, I better not. I'm in Philly. And I'm screaming in my car. And the guy's looking. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And he's like, turns around. And he goes like that. I'm like, yeah, you can't hear my word. Come on now. God has a good sense of humor. Give me a car without a horn. It'd be great if, we, if God would mute us when we go to curse somebody out. But we're Christians. Come on, you guys. We're humans. Things happen, man. And something gets in our spirit. Pastors, don't lie to me. Pastors, there are times where people irritate us. And we're pastoring. I remember kids in my youth ministry, man, I'm like, oh, like the, what a nut. And they're like, you okay? And I'm like, like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, then you got to hug them and say, I love you. And I'm like, Chucky. See, I know none of you ever thought of that. Because your kids are perfect and you never thought about hurting your kids. I think it's why God never gave me kids except for spiritual kids. Because I can always say, go home. Mine, I'd have been like, man, let me tell you something. Why I duct taped you to that bed is because you can't. Sh- what is wrong with you? That's what I'm talking about. Stay in that bed for a week. I'm just telling you. Some of you are like, oh, man, we're in trouble. This is being recorded, right? I'm in trouble now. I have a story to tell you. I was at home, and some of you will relate to this. Some of you won't. Some of you will think about this. Some of you won't. First of all, I'd like to give Brian Klinger a little kudos. Brian Klinger, he's, he's crazy. He's right there. I'm not sure. Well, you can't sit over there because we're in allow four. So four, three. And, uh, but Brian is a man about community. I know he sells real estate and that kind of stuff, but he's a man about community. And what he does as far as Christ-like in our community is impeccable. Goes to restaurants and interviews and does videos for a restaurant that's struggling through the pandemic and says, we're going to come and we're going to promote you and... Man, what that did to Sports Center Cafe, known as a place where you can have food and liquor, a bar. I appreciate you. That's Christ-like. I'm at home, and I'm wrestling because I'm on a staff up north, and I'm their youth pastor, and um, somebody, I had just left. I had just left the church in 15 in March of 15, March, actually March 23rd of 2015. I remember dates, especially the ones you got to exit. <laughs> Maybe you don't, but I do, because those days hurt. 
and I had to walk away and get back on the road and some things happened. And I remember that I was probably about three months removed and I get this phone call from a young man that was one of my youth leaders and says, hey, we're having a problem with our baby. We're in Ann Arbor and he's only, he's only not even a year old, like maybe seven months old. And he was born with all his intestinal tract and everything outside. And they're trying to put it back in. He's at um, Ann Arbor Mott's Hospital in the baby ward. And he says, uh, man, can somebody come? I can't get a hold of anybody at the church. Can you bop, 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 bop. And so I have a great cloud of witness brothers. At, we, met, we meet every other Wednesday up at um, Anna's house on Plainfield. And um, for breakfast at 6 in the morning. And uh, I called my band of brothers and I said, hey, guys, listen, I need some prayer. I just got a phone call. Um, are any of you able to get to Ann Arbor? I'm not at the church anymore. I don't know if the church is gone, but I got a phone call from a friend and, you know, I'd rather have the church take response. You know, how many people know what I'm talking about? Now, I didn't want to violate leaving the church and then I'm showing up and their pastor shows up and says, what are you doing here? It just happens. That's part of life. Okay. And so I wanted to do things ethically and right. And so I end up calling the church and they're like, no, we're not going to be able to. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you've got this. And so I'm sitting in my house at the counter and I'm just getting ready to have a bowl of soup. And it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I'm traveling but not traveling that period of time. I just left the church. I'm removed three months. I'm in the kitchen. My wife's at work. And I said, and I'm sitting there, and and again, this phone call. And I said, yeah, what's up? And I said, I can't get anybody. I'm sorry. I can't get anybody. You know, Ann Arbor's about two and a half, three hours. And I'm like, you know what? I'll get a hold of them again. Uh, Boom, boom. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm praying. Let me pray for you right now. Thank you, Pastor. I knew that you would pray for me. And I hung up the phone, and man, the Holy Spirit came over me and said, are you for real? How many people have ever had this happen? Anybody? Maybe three of you. Good. I've got maybe a cloud of witness now. And so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there in my house, and I'm thinking, but that's, God, it's three hours out. That's three hours back. Come on. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not at the church anymore. Like, that's not on me, man. That's on you. You're the men's guy, too, with this. Get, get, do your job. And I'm trying to wrestle with this. How many, I'm just being frank with you. I'm just wrestling. I'm wrestling. I'm like, oh, God, what do I do? Do I really go? What am I going to do? God, do I really worship? Listen, I'll do worship, but, man, I got a better gig, man. I'm going over to here, and they're going to pay me better than what Raylo pays me. And you don't even get breakfast now. So I'm sitting in my, and God says, get up now and just get out of the house. Go. And I remember saying, you know, wrestling with God, wrestling with God. And so I was on my way. And on my way, I called the guys. I, I called them and I said, hey, listen, um, I'm on my way. Could you guys just pray? And I remember everybody chimed in texting. Bing, 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 bing. Praying. Good move. Great. Represent. Boom. I get to the hospital and they're blown away. I'm like, man, what's happening? He goes, man, I just talked to you like three, four hours ago. I said, I had to come. I said, I really did. I said, I wrestled in my spirit because the church, I thought they would have, but you know what, I'm here. And, and, and uh, I'm glad I went because I was able to dedicate this little child, seven months old, Jesus. And in three breaths later, he went to be with the Lord. If I had not gone... The struggle of a parent, the struggle of, listen, this is God's, but this is God's grace. Here's what God does, though. When you listen to the Holy Spirit and you're driven by the Holy Spirit, here's what God did. The parents were estranged. One of the set of parents were estranged from the other spouse. They didn't like her. They didn't care for her. Boom, okay? 
And I'm in a waiting room. The pa- pa- baby just passed. I'm in a waiting room. And the, mother's, the mother says to me, not the mother of the child, but the grandmother says to me, I'm so out of line. <laughs> I, need a, I need a savior. <laughs> and it's not because of what happened to this baby. But it's what you prayed. <laughs> Who prays prayers like that? Could you lead me to Christ? And so while I'm leading her to Jesus, the uncle over her, and he says, wait, time out. Don't finish the prayer. I need Jesus. And then the grandfather says, you know what? Man, I'm a mess, man. But I need Jesus. If I would not have went. The father calls me later on the way home and says, you won't believe what happened. It was like later. I'm at home already. Three hours later, I'm at home like around Midnight, I get home. My wife's like, what you doing? I said, well, I texted you. She said, I'm so proud of you. But let me say something to you. You didn't want to go, did you? And I'm like, well, I am a Christian. And I am a former pastor. She said, Holy Spirit told you. I said, yes, okay. How many know you have wives like that? You're just like, you're just like okay, okay, yes, it was Jesus. And I remember saying to her, and she just began to weep, and she hugged me and says, this is what I'm talking about. When there are some that disqualify you, God always qualifies you. (laughs) And in the midst of rejection, having to leave a place (laughs) when you don't know what they're saying about you, come on, church. And still doing the work of the kingdom and then being refreshed in that to say, okay, God, I'm ready for the next assignment. <laughs> that's God. And that's the Holy Spirit. And I finish with this scripture because it's, it's, it's really cool because we think that God has to shout at us. This is about Elijah. It says in 1 Kings 19, it says, verse 11, Kings 19, 1 Kings 19, 11. It says, then go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the mantle went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly the voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Sometimes, sometimes, it's not in what really shakes us. It's not really what moves us, but it's that still small voice that whispers. And when I heard that still small voice in that kitchen, it wasn't God yelling at me, go, what are you doing? Because God doesn't do that. He's a gentleman, but the Holy Spirit will whisper. And you know what? When it whispers, because he's with you. See, if you would start realizing that as you're walking in life, he's right here. So it's like, man, I don't know what to do. And it's like, what do I do? Go. You're like, thanks, man. Because he's always right. Come on, gentlemen. He's always, you know what not to look at. You know what not to touch. You know not what to do. You know what to stay away from. Come on. But yet we continue to do the things. Why? Because we are rejecting this man, the Holy Spirit, in our lives. And if we start pushing with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit, man, you'll go rescue Hunter's family. You'll go rescue, because Hunter's already in the kingdom of God. In fact, man, God wrapped him up a long time before I even prayed for him. I'm just saying, come on, son. And he's growing in the kingdom 
waiting for his mom and dad. Why does that happen? Because that's who God is. Father, this morning I ask you in the name of Jesus, is there a yes at the table? Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, power of God. Yes, help me move. Yes, steer me. Yes, uh, mobilize me. Yes, God, create in me, create in me that pure heart. Holy Spirit, come on. Holy Spirit, today, breathe on us. Holy Spirit, walk with us. Holy Spirit, rejuvenate a weak heart. Holy Spirit, even those that are questioning, those that are doubting, those that have gone through tribulation, Holy Spirit, we need you more than ever. Come into my life, my wife, my ex-wife, my, my, my children are not with me, but the children to come. My weekly visits, my monthly visits. God, let me be the Spirit of God. Let me be the light in that darkness. Let me. Why? Because drive me by your Spirit. Drive me by this Holy Spirit, this person of the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. God, convict us. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, whisper. Don't yell at me. And God says, I'm not going to yell at you, but I am going to move you. If you're willing and don't be, don't grieve him when he says go, don't grieve him, go, get out, do what he's called. And I'm telling you with the other side, gentlemen, in the name of Jesus, I pray this over you. God today, lead me through your spirit that today you can show me, lead me today. If not tomorrow, show me, show me that, show me that so that I can get encouraged by it, uplifted by it. And I can do it in the name of Jesus. I pray.